Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Some Americans were becoming increasingly concerned that Mexican workers were undercutting their wages. In response, the United States government launched the largest deportation effort it had ever undertaken. Using military tactics to detain suspected migrants in holding camps before shipping them across the border. Wow. They went around just rounding up people and throwing them out of the country. Wow. You want to hear the numbers? In 1954, there were 1.1 million removals. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That, wow. Can you imagine just how perilous your life was? I mean, you're living in terror and you could just be swept up. It's eye-opening. I mean, uh, my grandfather was a tough guy, but I regret not being aware of this and, and talking to him about it when he was alive. You know, that is, that is what I love about finding your roots and that it, you just heard Muriel say we didn't talk about it folks don't talk about it and I know I was listening last week and that seems to be a common thread you know everybody that that, that Professor Gates uh, when they're fortunate for enough to have him do um, their 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 history their family history you you find that almost in all of your subjects, don't you? The the, the well, go ahead, Professor. And by the way, good morning, sir. How are you, Professor? Good morning, my brother. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I gotta also say to you, you are one of the sharpest people on television in your in and in, in, in your uh, outfits, man. I I mean, from your tie to your shirts to your suits, and I just I just thought I'd, I'd mention that you you. And as uh, you, well, you put it together. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> well, you know why, Joe? It's it's for my mama. My mama died in 1987, but I'm sure she's looking down. And she was a seamstress. She studied at a she studied um, a sewing at a vocational school in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And upstairs of my house here in Harvard Square, we have a family history room, and I have her um, certificate of completion framed. And in our house, Joe, we had a um, singer sewing machine that was like a Steinway grand piano, man. <laughs> was there any other kind of sewing machine? <laughs> <laughs> and so my mama would want me to look good. She always said, Skippy, got to have your shoes polished. I say, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, and you had to be clean. So it's really yep. a, tri- a tribute to my mother, who, whom I loved as much uh, as hey, life can we Can we add something else? This is a sidebar. But, and you had to have a crease in your Levi's. Oh, you and you had them had them cuffed. I I don't know about I don't know about you in West Virginia, but I can tell you, growing up in Ohio, man, and you had to have a you 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 try to have a crease in your in your uh, jeans, and they had to be (laughs) cuffed, man. And I don't mean none of them old country big cuffs. I mean. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were so and, funny. Listen, huh? my mother used to iron our underwear, man. I mean, oh, if you imagine. No mercy. Was, Give me a break. No stuff. She was Ironed your no, underwear? The politics of respectability. You know why? <laughs> she didn't want, go, go ahead. I'm sorry to get you off base. Go ahead. No, no, but she didn't want any white racist to say that black people were inferior because of the way we looked. 
That's right. And so we had to disappoint their expectations. We had to show them what, that we were amongst them, as my mother would say. She said, you got to go out amongst them, meaning you got to show these white people that black people are dignified, clean, you know. That's right. Elegant. That's right. And that's, that's a great tradition. Yeah. Um, the, about silences, absolutely. When I started this series, remember, I only did black people in the first two seasons. It was called African-American Lives. And I thought we were the only people who didn't have um, a family history, family trees, because slavery, of course, one of its uh, cardinal salient um, principles was to deprive us from knowing about our ancestry, knowing the names of your grandparents, knowing your family relation. But it turns out, Joe, that everybody from all ethnic groups has these silences. And the reason is Martin Luther King gave a commencement address at Stanford in which he says America is a nation of exiles. And if you're in exile, you are leaving things that you really want to put behind you in the past. So you, do, you want to forget. You want to forget the pain. If you're Armenian, you want to forget the, the Turkish genocide of the Armenian people in 1915. If you're Jewish, you, God knows you. How do you tell a child about the Holocaust? If you're an African-American, you want to forget slavery and Jim Crow, which was accompanied by terrorism, lynching, rape. So people think, if I don't talk about it, it never happened. If I don't talk about it, it'll go away. But that's not true. It's always there, lurking, uh, haunting the past. And the best way to deal with it, to exercise it, is to raise it up, talk about it, expose it, critique it, talk about it, and then you can put it on the shelf and move on. Mm. And with Mario Lopez, this Operation Wetback, from the clip that you, that's what they called it, Joe. I remember. Yeah. Operation Wetback. And they use military tactics to detain suspected migrants in holding camps before shipping them back across the border. And in 1954 alone, 1.1 million Mexicans were deported across the border in this horribly racist Operation Wetback. But nonetheless, um, Mario's paternal grandfather, Luciano, was determined to return. And three years later, 1957, he reapplied for admission and lawfully entered California on foot. (laughs) And he then raised his family of eight children in San Diego, and he became a citizen in 1969. But, you know, you're going to like tonight's episode because you love history so much. And... Both For both of my guests, Mario Lopez and Melissa Villasenor, you know, on Saturday Night Live. Villasenor, yeah, Melissa. Uh-huh. We were able, Joe, to trace them back about 500 years. And I want to tell you about them because they were at the same place at the same time. Shifting really? Over to, uh-huh. Yeah. Shifting over to Mario's paternal grandmother's line. We were able to identify Mario's 11th great-grandfather. His name was Balthazar Domingo de Banuelos. And this brother arrived in Mexico from Spain as a teenager in the late 16th century, that's the 1500s, following the discovery of silver in the mountains of Zacatecas in the year 1546. So that was like the California gold rush, but it was from, you know, it led to people from Spain. um, who were seeking their fortunes to rush to Mexico. Was he part of these conquistadors? Yep, he he was a conquistador, and so was Melissa's ancestor. 
And Balthazar served briefly as a soldier of fortune, um, and we think he was in this brutal war, a 40-year war called the Chichimeca War between 1550 and 1590, and we definitely know that Melissa's ancestors was, but I'll get to that in a minute. And then eventually he ran silver mines, and he owned at least two mills, as well as a silver ore refining plant. And he became one of the largest slaveholders in Zacatecas, and he owned between 20 to 40 indigenous Native Americans and 10 to 15 Africans. We tend to forget that they enslaved the Native Americans first till they you know, basically killed them in the genocide, and then they were importing our African ancestors. And Mario reeled at the brutality of this era, and he said to me, man, I'm just blessed to be born when I was born. His 11th great-grandfather died sometime around the year 1600, but his memory lived on. Now, get this. Mario and his family had no idea what I'm about to tell you. When the Spanish crown recognized what would become the state of Zacatecas by granting it a coat of arms, the design featured four men who were thought to be the founders of the original Spanish settlement. And one of the four on this crest is Mario's 11th great-grandfather, man. Can you imagine? Wow. So it's on the the crest. On the crest is an image of his 11th grandfather. Now, Joe, if this was your 11th great-grandfather, and God knows it, in my family, my mother would have been talking about that every day. <laughs> oh, every, and, and, and by the way, it would have been placed over the front door. <laughs> Absolutely. And she would have told all the church ladies, we come from people. <laughs> Good gracious. Isn't that? So how did, now, now I take it, and, and it sounds to me because the Spaniards, like Europeans, they were good at keeping records Great. Uh, and, and leaving a paper trail. Yes, absolutely. A paper okay. trail is key to tracing a family tree back this far, plus DNA, but DNA is anonymous, right? right. And the Spanish crown kept great records, and so did the Roman Catholic Church. Right, and this right. is true all over Latin America. So um, the you know there are a lot of people who will say, well, I would be in the series, but uh, we have a prominent actor who's Cuban. And he said, I'm not going to do it. And I go, listen, man. If you are from Latin America, we can trace your ancestry back a long, long way because of the Roman Catholic Church and the Spanish government. Now, Mario is his DNA. He is a couple surprises here you're going to love. He's 59 percent European, 38 percent Native American, 38, which is huge. Yeah, yeah. 3% 3% black, 3% sub-Saharan African. Uh, so but the he, boy's got a little rhythm. He got, <laughs> I'm just got teasing. Soul. <laughs> he got soul. <laughs> He's got a little soul. But his yeah. maternal hap- haplogroup, his mitochondrial DNA, traces back to, it is called C1B5, which is a subgroup of haplogroup C, and that's one of only four major Native American haplogroups that crossed into North America, which means that his great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother was a Native American who um, had a child with one of these conquistadors, and that blew his mind, too. And his DNA cousin is the famous two-time Oscar winner, um, um, the man who did Revenant, um, the film um, um, Revenant that you remember, and that's Alejandro Iñárritu, um, the great Mexican 
um, director. And so, and when we turned to Melissa on her mother's side, we traced back to three sets of fifth grade grandparents, all likely born in the late 1700s and early 1800s, likely in Baja, California, Mexico. Her DNA, she's 64% European, 34% Native American, and 2% Sub-Saharan African. And she's 1.8% Ashkenazi Jewish, too, because when Ferdinand and Isabella funded Columbus to, you know, sail across Mm -hmm. the Atlantic, they did two other things in the year 1492. They expelled the Moors, the Muslims, and they kicked out the Jewish population. Jewish population, right. And many of those Jewish people came to the New World, to Mexico and to the Southwest, and they were are uh, of um, um, they have a long history. They were called reversos and conversos, and many of them pretended to be Christians in yeah. the daytime, but at night were at night they would they would celebrate their their um, religious uh, ceremonies. Yeah, yeah now, you Jewish, know their Jewish traditions. Yeah, let me let me bring up something as you were talking <clears throat> about those that came from Spain. Um, <clears throat> to to uh, soldiers of fortune to fight. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Professor, but a lot of this was in the family's birthright. So in other words, as I think I remember, if you were the oldest son, you often inherited uh, the wealth of your father or you took on what your father was doing. If right. you were the second uh, you were screwed. The youngest, you 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 had to go, you had to leave, and many of them went, uh, went into the military. That's right. If you were the second son, I forget being a woman, you know, but they had, you know, what sexism has a long history in Western culture. But if unless you were the first son, you did not inherit, um, and so you had to seek your fortune elsewhere. And many of these. Uh, second and third and, and fourth sons sought their fortune in the new world, and many found it, um, obviously, yeah. because yeah. they engaged in wars with Native Americans, and they were in pursuit of silver and, and silver and gold. And Melissa also descends on her mother's 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 line from a Native American. Her maternal haplogroup is A2, and one of, again, only four major Native American maternal haplogroups that crossed into North America. And Joe, her DNA cousin, is exactly the same person, Alejandro Gonzalez Inaritu. They are both cousins with the same man. So we have three things in common with these two guests accidentally. They both descend from conquistadors. Their ancestor was most likely, maybe even knew each other, the Chichimeca War, and they descend from a Native American woman and their cousins with Alejandro Inaritu. How how, how I mean, amazing! They, I mean, this and 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 you know what? So you just said it. When you start, and I want people to understand this: when you start, you don't know any of this. I None mean, of this, it. <laughs> in other words, None. you start with a you start with a clean slate, right? That's right. All we do is, you know, the producers and I make a list of people, and I will say, I like that guy, Joe Madison. They go, who that? <laughs> <laughs> they go, who that? <laughs> who that? Who that? And then 
they come up with all these people. I don't know, especially young people. And then we uh, look at them and say, okay. And then we like to have a nice ethnic mix. You know, we like to have diversity. And because we do the family trees of the world, (laughs) people from every corner of the world. And then we write to them. Often the hardest part is just getting through their network, especially through hip hop people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we get we call some hip hop people. They go, "How much you gonna pay?" We go, "Well, you ain't gonna pay nothing." They go, hey, you know, they hang up, I, and they and I say, "Hello, hello." <laughs> and I go, they go, "Who is this?" I go, "Henry Gates." They go, "Bill Gates." I go, "No." <laughs> you are too go, funny, man. And they go, "They go who? Uh, they go who that? <laughs> who that?" They, they, that's a gatekeepers. You know, I mean, like my my son Jason always talks about. He hangs out with them with those kind, you know, and they they're gatekeepers. Then they are effective. Let, let me ask this question because <laughs> oh, Joe, I'm, I have to I, tell you one uh, time you won't, won't. It sound like I'm making this up, but it's true. So I'm on the phone with a gatekeeper, and I said, "Well, I have a TV show on PBS." They go, "Huh? PBS?" They didn't know what that was. <laughs> and then I said, "I said." We want to trace his family tree. He said, oh, okay, I understand. He said, well, you got to talk to Mookie. And I go, well, where is Mookie? They Mookie. go, well, he's with Pookie. <laughs> no. And I said, well, have Mookie Pookie call me, would you please? <laughs> and, and, and you're not going to find those names on a birth certificate. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> no, you're not. You know, we, one, of the, things, one of the things, Professor Gates, that I'm doing uh, for Black History Month, because and and it was a caller that gave me this idea, and you were the first person I thought of. I said, you know, I'm going to spend this. February, we do Black History all year round, but I'm going to I'm going to spend every day focusing on one aspect of our history, and that is voting. Since mm-hmm. the, since the Senate, and I have about five minutes. But um, since the Senate decided not to do the right thing, what in and and with Stony the Road and 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 I as, as I said to people last week, you were the one that inspired me to do what I was doing because I understood the history. It, just give me just one thing, one aspect of of voting rights that sticks out in your mind uh, historically. Oh, that would be that's easy, Joe. Thank you for asking. And it involves our hero, the saint among us, the purest, most honest and generally good human being I think I've ever met. And that was the late Congressman John Lewis. John Lewis's maternal great great grandparents names were Tobias Carter and Elizabeth Carter. And they were born into slavery around 1825 and 1830. And Joe, they got married on the 16th of December. 1865, 10 days after the ratification of the 13th Amendment, which, as you know, was what really abolished slavery and not the Emancipation Proclamation. So they obviously were a couple on the plantation. And as soon as they and it was illegal for our ancestors to get married under slavery. And as soon as they could, Joe, 10 days after they were legally free, they got married. I love that. And um, they lived um, most of their lives as slaves, not far from uh, John Lewis's birthplace in Pike County, Alabama. And four years after their marriage, we discovered that they owned land. So it shows how industrious and hardworking they were. Um, Now, Tobias 
John Lewis's great-great-grandfather registered to vote in Alabama in July of 1867 because of the Reconstruction Act. All of the black men in the South got the right to vote in what I call the first freedom summer. Three years before the ratification of the 15th Amendment in 1870, which gave all black men the right to vote. You see, we romanticized the North, but in the North, up to the Civil War, black men could only vote in five of the six New England states, not in Connecticut, and Joe in the state of New York, if you satisfied a $250 property requirement. Pennsylvania, the birthplace of liberty, forget it. Black men couldn't, couldn't vote. New Jersey, forget it. And it was the 15th Amendment that gave all black men the right to vote, but black men in the 10 of the 11 former Confederate states got the right to vote in the summer of 1867. 80% of the eligible black men in the South, most of whom obviously would have been illiterate because it was illegal to teach our ancestors to read and write, 80% Joe registered to vote. Every African-American should hear that. And we should be ashamed if you haven't registered to vote. You should be ashamed if you don't vote because it is the most precious aspect of our uh, rights as citizens, our perquisites as full citizens of the Republic of the United States. And it's the only way that we can combat anti-black racism. And when I showed John Lewis his great-great-grandfather's voter registration certificate, he looked at it, he blinked, he looked at me, he looked back at the voter registration certificate, and then, Joe, he started to cry, and his head just hit the table. He just started to weep, and he looked at me finally. I was moved, man. I was fighting back tears, and he said, I guess the fight for the right to vote is just embedded in my DNA. Wow. And then, Joe, he said, he looked at me, and he said, you know what? Disenfranchisement took away the right of black men to vote in Alabama starting in, in uh, after the Mississippi yeah. plan in 1890. And he said, I bet no one on my family tree between Tobias Carter, my great, great grandfather, and I ever voted until the Voting Rights Act was passed in part because he risked his life in 1965 on Pettus Bridge and was badly beaten. Think of that. Your great-great-grandfather gets the right to vote. Then they take it away during the suppression of Reconstruction, and then nobody in your family line has the right to vote again until you risk your life, along with Martin Luther King and the whole civil rights movement, to get the Voting Rights Act passed and, and signed by Lyndon Johnson in 1965, which is why we have to fight back against these Republican legislatures yeah. that are trying to suppress the black vote. No matter what people say, it's about it's about a lot of things, but one of the principal things it's about is the power of the black vote. I'm going to leave it at that. You, you know, man, I got to tell you, I, I say this every week. Well, Tuesday, tonight, finding your roots. You, it's just a small sample. But I, I, I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you. I always say this. I feel like I owe him to, to tuition. I mean, I, I really, I really do. God bless you, no, man. The American people, you are a blessing because you make every day Black History Month. Black Eagle. I appreciate and you. And I thank you for that. 
You can listen to yours truly, Madison the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.